Praise God. That is an awesome way to start this message. And I tell you what, I personally know that I needed that. I do, because I will share with you in a moment uh, some of my experiences this week. But good morning. It is good to be here. It is a great day to worship God. And as we uh, continue in our Advent series celebrating joy, uh, this morning we're going to hop right into it. So if you brought your Bibles, I want to encourage you to open up to the Gospel of Luke. We're going to be in chapter 1. And uh, we'll end in Galatians, but the words will also be here on the screen. If you are taking notes, and if you're in confirmation taking notes, I hope that that rubs off on some of us others so that we're able to underline our Bibles and and, uh, take some things home with us to spend time in. So I want to begin by uh, giving a little bit of context uh, to this message. And I don't know about you, if there are moments in your life that, uh, or weeks or days or months that you're just like, God, what are you trying to show me? What are you trying to teach me? And I will tell you an extreme conviction this week as we come to this word this morning and we come to the topic of joy. I did not have a very joyous week. And that was extremely difficult for me, spending time in scripture, spending time uh, in prayer and discernment. The, the thing that I'm supposed to talk about this morning was really hard for me to live into this past week. So I come to you this morning with a very raw emotion about joy, and I pray that in my uh, time of study and discernment, it helps you. And uh, I pray that if you have wisdom to glean and experiences to share, that you would do so um, with myself and others as well. So here we go. The Gospel of Luke, um, chapter 1, starting in verse 26. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at, this wor- at, at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who is said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zachariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. 
But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reaches my ears, the baby in my womb leap for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your truth. We thank you that it is never failing. We thank you that it is to guide us, to lead us, to help us to repent and to turn to you, Lord, and the way that you would have us go as your disciples, your sons and daughters. We pray all this in the name of Jesus, your Son, our Savior. Amen. Now, if you have your scripture still open and you have a pen handy, I want to invite you to underline a couple of verses real quick. I want you to underline verse 37. For no word from God will ever fail. I want you to think about that for a second. No word from God will ever fail. Where in this past week or in this past month have we been put in a situation or a circumstance where we were told something opposite of God's word? Gabriel the angel tells us right here, no word from God will ever fail. Verse 38, underline Mary's response, I am the Lord's servant. And this conversation with Gabriel started out as fear and doubt. But her response turned to, I am the Lord's servant. We will start there. And I want you to think about those two sentences. The word of God and I am the Lord's servant. We're taken back to the Gospel of Luke this morning as a couple of weeks ago we talked about what happened with Elizabeth and Zechariah and Gabriel's visit to Zechariah. How he was silent and was not able to speak and then we jump jump forward to John's birth and when he was birthed, Elizabeth said, no, we're going to name him John and all the, the church and the family and the community said, nobody in your family's named that. And Zachariah comes in and says, his name's going to be John. And so we have right here this morning a reading of the intermediate of what happens when Gabriel tells Elizabeth and Zechariah that they will have a child and then this interaction with Mary. And then we read forward and that's where the birth of John the Baptist and then Jesus will come. This is another visit from the angel Gabriel. Except this time, it's to Mary, who's engaged to Joseph. She's greeted with the one who has found favor with God. We're brought into the conversations with questions that maybe we've never known existed and questions that were long ago asked. Gabriel's announcement to Mary points us all the way back to Genesis, to the fall of Adam and Eve. The moment that Adam and Eve took from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, sin entered into the human relationship with God. For thousands of years, the question has been, how is this relationship going to be reconciled? How is God going to, how are we going to all come together? How is this going to work out and play out? We are brought into the moment in which God is bringing forth his plan of salvation. God had ordained this perfect time and place to reveal how he would reconcile our sin, heal our brokenness, not just for us, but for all of humanity. 
From the prophets and God's visible actions leading and guiding the Israelites, the questions have always been, how will our sin once and for all be taken care of? Generations have passed, and God is now delivering this message to Mary of who she is and her standing with God and who she will become as the mother of Jesus. It is here that we discuss the very important factor of truth to what it means that Jesus will be born of the Virgin Mary. Now you can just Google this and you can just talk to uh, this pastor or this theologian. You can talk to this person in this congregation and that congregation. We will have a wide spectrum of beliefs. We'll have a wide spectrum of convictions that people have in different areas when it comes to Mary and how all of this plays out. But I truly believe in the conviction of Scripture. A few things that I want to share with you this morning. First is this. Mary becomes pregnant through the divine deliverance of the Holy Spirit and the power of the Most High. Gabriel tells her that in verse 35. That's how it's going to happen. She obviously asks the, the very commonsensical question, how, how can this possibly happen? I'm not married, I'm a, I'm a virgin. And Gabriel tells her, it's through the power of the Holy Spirit that will come upon you and the power of the Most High. God enters into our human condition as we all do. Now I want us to think about that for a moment. God, the creator of everyone and everything, chose to come to us as a baby cannot and should not take this lightly. Since sin, people have created and introduced gods and ideas of gods and divine presences that have been among people and, and ultimately it is a god from a distance that is helping that person or if you just do this, it is a prosperity god. Not one false god that has ever been created or spoken about or talked about has come to save and redeem people. There's fertility gods, there's weather gods, there's food gods. All of these false gods, not one of them has come to offer what the one true God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit has. Another way to put it, all of the false gods that have been put forth are nothing more than to appease or please people. But the one true God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit chose to come, us, come to us in the most vulnerable way as a baby boy. It is also at this point that we need to know how Jesus can be born and not a sinner. Because this is something that people struggle with. Well, if he was born through the Virgin Mary, if he was born into our existence, if he came into this world how we have, if we are sinners, then Jesus is as well. The explanation for that is the only possible way that Jesus, born through the Virgin Mary, is not a sinner. It's through the presence and power of God. Coming back to that verse 35, as Gabriel is saying, through the power and presence of the Most High and the Holy Spirit. 
there's a technical term that we use, and if you are a technical term kind of person, write this down. Jesus is, in the technical word, homoousios, which means in the same essence and the same substance as God. Jesus is fully God. Jesus is also fully man, born from Mary, and we call this the hypostatic union. So we have the homoousios, Jesus is the same as God, Jesus is the essence of God. And we have the hypostatic union where the coming together where Jesus is not 90% human, 10% God. It is God, Jesus is fully man, fully God. All of this is taking place as God enters, not from a distance, not from an arm's reach, but he comes and entering his own creation through Mary. Now this puts a whole new meaning on the phrase, don't send a boy to do a man's job, doesn't it? Mary, awestruck by this news, receives an answer I believe we all need to bind our hearts and remember every single day. No word from God will ever fail. No word from God will ever fail. Repeat that. I have had to repeat that to myself time and time again this week in the moments that I've failed. No word from God will ever fail. No word from God will ever fail. Upon hearing this, Mary is obedient to the words that the Lord delivered by Gabriel. And she says, may your word to me be fulfilled. She believed what Gabriel had told her. And we enter into another moment where Mary goes to visit Elizabeth, who at the time was pregnant with John. And when she arrives, the baby, think about this, the baby in Elizabeth's womb leaps for joy. If this detail doesn't make you rejoice or think about why you are not rejoicing in the Lord, we should ask ourselves where our joy truly lies. A baby and the womb rejoicing at the presence of Mary, who would be the mother of Jesus. Now I know there are a wide spectrum of beliefs and there are a wide spectrum of conversations in our world and in our country and everything that goes on if, uh, and when I am going to say it uh, about abortion and pro-life. I truly believe right here is a great example for us from Scripture. An example of this baby in the womb rejoicing at the Lord. A baby that's not even been born yet knows what is going to take place. And we know what happens as John is the one who prepares the way. He calls people to repent and to turn. But here he is, leaping for joy. And Mary, not knowing what's taking place, Elizabeth with, with excitement says, Oh my gosh, this baby in my womb leaped for joy. And then we go into the great hymn of Mary, a beautiful rejoicing and exuberance of God. But it comes back to the question, if God is present, where and how are you and I rejoicing? This was a question that I started off the week with and one that I uh, 
quite honestly, we'll still be wrestling with today. It was Sunday after uh, church last week, and Amy and I have been talking about doing some remodeling. If you, those of you are on Facebook, you will know where I'm going. And it's been a big discussion in our household. Everything's falling apart. Do we just save up and just build a new house 10, 15 years down the road, or do we just kind of patch it up and you know, enjoy it now? So we, we landed on the whole, we're going to just patch it up and enjoy it now. And, and so we went to the store and got paint, and we get back, and we're prepping everything. And Amy's like, oh, you know, that baseboard, that really old stuff, we need to take that off. We'll just put new on, okay? I'm like, all right, that's fine. I can deal with that. And so uh, Amy goes over with a hammer and is pulling the baseboard back and uh, puts a big hole in the wall. And she goes, oh, well, because uh, the other part of the conversation was that we were going to gut the whole room and redo it, but I didn't want to do that. She goes, well, I guess we, we really need to just redo the room now. And I, I said, we can patch the hole. <laughs> no, no, you know, it would be good for us to know what's behind there. And those of you who have been married for long, I've only been married six years, and I was like, I don't know where this is going, but it doesn't sound good. And so we start tearing in, and the picture that Amy took and posted on Facebook, you can go look at that, I didn't get very far, and I stood in that corner with my arms crossed, and I was so furious. I was so upset. I was not rejoicing. I was not joyful. I was not a happy camper. I was the Grinch who was in a home remodel of HGTV, of a wife who had this beautiful image, and, and I, I, I know it's going to happen. She's going to have these beautiful walls and all of that stuff. And I stood there, and I was fuming. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm, I'm, I'm preaching on joy on Sunday. I, I'm spending time in Scripture about rejoicing. Tis the season to rejoice. Where's my joy? And it came to a point where Amy finally looked at me and she said, well, you've got two options. You can stand there and pout and complain about it, or we can do something about it. And you know, men, those moments where you say, yes, dear, that was one for me. Yes, dear. And so as I'm tearing down the, the walls and everything else that goes with it, I was still deep down and still within me. I'm working on it. I'm praying, like, God, take this from me and, and help me in this because I don't want to be frustrated. It is, a, it is a joyous thing to be able to have a new room for our family and to be able to host and all of those things. But it was what took place throughout those different projects in that room, the ministry and the, the families that stepped up, the men who stepped forward and said, hey, I see that you're struggling, Andrew. I want to come and help you. And I, I, I'm being honest with you, so I always am up here. It's been a week where I've been frustrated, but it's also been a week where I've had other men show up and show me the joy of the Lord when I've not had it. And I truly think that in the midst of our lives, in the midst of everything that we face, Joy is something sometimes we cannot capture or see. And we need one another to help remind us that we have the joy in the Lord. We have the joy that this world cannot offer. But in part, we have to choose how we're going to respond. I want to end by reading from Galatians chapter 5. 
And we can look all through Scripture, as James tells us, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you face many different trials and struggles. Here in Galatians, it tells us that if we are in the Spirit, these are the attributes, these are who and what we will be. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I failed at that this week. Against such there is no law. Those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. You see, the key point, I believe, is then the moment that we're supposed to be in step with the Spirit, when we're trying to step in our own direction, in our own way, in our own desires, being conceited, we're going to lose. We're going to lose the love, the joy, the peace, the forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Now, I'm not standing up here this morning to tell you to go home and put a hole in your wall. But I am standing up here this morning to share with you the good news the angel Gabriel brought to Mary that she would conceive and give birth to our Lord and Savior. I am here to tell you that Elizabeth and this baby boy John rejoiced, leaped for joy. And we know the context of their Story. Their circumstances weren't so good. They were old. They couldn't have kids. And now, pregnant in their old age, they're, they're in complete awe of what God is doing. And the way that God's word will never fail. Remember that. Because you and I, as we read in Romans and read in Scripture, we fall and we fall and we fall. For all have fallen short of the glory of God. The one thing that will never fall and never fail is the Word of God. And I'm here to tell you this morning, no matter what the world says, God's Word will never fail. No matter what's going on in our denomination and the falsehoods that take place, God's Word will never fail. Whatever is going on in your situation and your circumstance, God's word will never fail. So you and I this morning, as we continue to be brought closer and closer to the birth of Jesus Christ, where are you placing your joy? Is it deep-rooted on the one that never fails and is never wrong? Or is it in yourself that sometimes stands in a corner with arms crossed pouting? I tell you, the one that's going to win, the one that's right for us, is the joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord is what I pray for each of us this morning. That no matter what comes, You're able to find it. 
You're able to see it in that person that comes alongside you. You're able to hear as God might put that person or that sign or the symbol in front of you. And that ultimately you would turn. Turn in prayer of thanksgiving and rejoicing to God for the gift of salvation, the joyous moment, all the way from the beginning. God's plan is coming forward. God's plan to redeem you and I. It's through Jesus. Because we know that little boy, he doesn't stay in a manger. I know that he gives his life on the cross for us. He's resurrected from the grave. And he ascends into heaven. And he's offering for you and I the gift of eternity. If that's not joy, I don't know what joy is. So brothers and sisters, will you come with me in a moment of prayer and whatever is on your heart, whatever is on your mind, whatever is on your plate of life, Bring it before God. Let us pray. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, thank you for the joy that you offer through the salvation of our souls. We ask for forgiveness in the ways that we lose sight of that or we get distracted with other ways of life. But God, we come to you in the true faith that your word never fails. We come to you and ask that you would extend your mercy, your grace, your forgiveness, and your love. That we might accept joy. That we might embrace and live every single day of our lives. Through the power of your Holy Spirit, the joyfulness that you put forward. I pray, God, right now for those of us who have come to you before, those of us who are just coming to you for the first time, perhaps today, through the power of your Holy Spirit, that you grab a hold of our hearts and our lives, that you would show us and teach us and lead us and guide us, not to to obtain for ourselves, but Lord, that we would be here for your kingdom, your good news, for the salvation of those who don't know you. So God, we thank you and praise you for all the ways that you are moving, all the ways that you are revealing yourself. And we ask God that now in this moment in time, that you would speak to our hearts and to our lives that you would reveal yourself through this church and this community. 
your power, presence, and purpose for us. Our church, our children. Lord, may it be that we would have a faithful response as Mary did. May your words be fulfilled in me. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you please stand for a benediction? May each of you go forward this morning. Go forward into fellowship knowing that the joy of our Lord awaits you. The joy of our Lord wants to go with you and be in you and to be passed to others. May you go and be blessed today through the power and presence of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit and His love and grace. Go in peace. Amen.